You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You love them, you hate them, and you can't stop talking about them. Announcers, analysts. Pundits, they're all fair game. It's sports media payhem with Alex Reamer. Time to let it rip. And welcome back to the show. As I was saying in the opening, it's been a while since I've spoken and actually seen Ben Bolin, but uh, happy to see him now. Ben, how are you, sir? Alex, always a, always a treat, man. I'm doing well. Uh, hope you're having a great summer, and uh, thanks for having me on today. I am. I look pretty tan, I think. So it is a good summer, right? You can tell by tell by the glow. You look rested as well. Um, I think you had a haircut since last time I've seen you. It's been that long. I did. I I was kind of cliche. I grew the pandemic hair. I, <laughs> I, I grew the Jufro out. And uh, I finally got like my first razor cut um, like uh, three weeks ago, maybe. Not too tight. You know, I still number yeah. four razor. Uh, still trying to grow the curls on top a little bit. But the the big curly mop is now gone. I like it. So that's good. Get get a good men's regular just in time for training camp. Belichick would like that as a military guy. Exactly. Uh, um, so, hey, you were out in front of this huge Brady's Dol- Brady Dolphin story. You published in April the feature in The Globe, a secret plan, a bombshell lawsuit, and a soccer match inside Tom Brady's own retirement. Love the headline. Uh, but I'm curious, when you come across a story like this, what is the reporting process like? Like, how long was it between you catching a whiff of this and putting together the extensive feature story that you did this spring uh about two months to be honest yeah. and and it's not like i was you know really like gathering string the whole time but frankly what it was is when he retired i heard some good juice that brady had something cooking that brady was gonna be he, he wasn't gonna be sitting around for long that this wasn't really a retirement um however and and i it, it was good info and it and it ended up being like every word was proven true yesterday by the NFL. Um, but I didn't have two sources on it and we do have pretty high standards. I didn't feel comfortable like really going with it early without more corroboration. And, and that's kind of a story that that's tough to corroborate. Like, Hey Tom, you going to the dolphins? Like, you know, what do you, Hey Don Yee, can you take, can you confirm this for me? Yeah. Um, so I, I sat on it for a while and Mike Florio to his credit, he, he beat me to the punch. He, he got it out first. Right. He had, um, he, he kind of introduced the Sean Payton angle, which, uh, I was, I was only kind of aware of what was going on with Brady. I didn't realize that there was a tie in with Payton. And then once kind of that initial trickle came out, I was able to double back with a couple of sources and, um, get some really good insight into everything. And then some of it is just kind of following along and, and knowing how to piece the narrative together. I mean, you didn't need sources to know that Brady was going to the Manchester United football match and that they're owned by the Glazers and that, um, you know, thankfully, like Rich Ornberger, a former Patriots offensive lineman, he had some good insight that uh, about why the Brady Bruce Arians uh, relationship wasn't uh, uh, going so smoothly, the, you know, this past year. So it was, it's a combination of 
like, you know, working sources and kind of building information, but also just gathering string and, and just kind of observing everything that went on. And what's funny is I, I first spoke about everything in like mid-March uh, on WEEI and I was on the Merloni and Fourier program right. and laid it all out and they thought I was a crazy conspiracy theorist. But I was like, no, I'm telling you guys, this is what's going on. And it got to be like early April. I was talking to my editor. I was like, you know, I've never like really written this for the globe. Like it kind of souped enough because it, it was right after Arians got fired. And it's like, how did Brady go from, how did we go from Brady retiring and Arians looking for a new quarterback to like a month and a half later, Brady's now back and Arians fired. So I just thought it was important to just kind of put together a whole soup to nuts kind of piece. And um, it worked out well. And, and going back to reading it, you know, it's everything that the NFL said yesterday. So um it was, uh, it was, a, it's been a fun story. One of those weird ones, like it's truth is stranger than fiction. It's, it's yeah. such a story. And uh, frankly, it took a, an even stranger turn yesterday when we learned that um, Brady and the Dolphins were talking to each other all of 2019 from as soon as um, training camp that year, August. So that, that to me added a whole new layer to the story. Yeah. I mean, it's been like a three-year courtship. It shows that secrets can still be kept. Maybe not forever, but we had no idea it went back that long. And even if you have just, not even a cynical mind, but just a mind that follows the dots. Brady's retirement and how haphazard it was, and then coming back, such a strange story. There's no way anybody with a with a sentient mind, as I like to say, could have taken that at face value. I mean, so strange. Uh, definitely, yeah. The way that it leaked out on a Saturday without Brady's control, and they tried to put the toothpaste back in the tube, and then he came back on a Tuesday. And look, this thing, it was all going to happen. He was going to go to Miami. He was going to be you know, team president, uh, probably owned 3% of the team. And then the Brian Flores lawsuit just messed up everything. It was filed the same day that Brady retired. The two events had nothing to do with each other. Brady, I don't think, had any idea this lawsuit was coming down the pike. And it just made the situation toxic and and spoiled all their best laid plans. Um, and, and you wonder about the Sean Payton piece, too. Uh, the Dolphins got slapped yesterday for um, – uh, uh, contacting Peyton before he had officially stepped down from the Saints. You wonder if he would have stepped down had he known that the Dolphins thing would have blown up. Uh, you know, right. would he still be coaching the, the, the Saints right now um, if he had known that he would be out of football this year? So that, that to me is another interesting tentacle to this. My question, too, is how did the NFL uncover the 2019 tanker, uh, tampering when they were initially investigating the Flores tanking charges and what happened this offseason? What's your theory there? Well, so Flores also put tampering in there, right. and he said, yes. they tried to get him. So we knew that the the Dolphins had tried to woo Brady in like February of 2020, which was after the season, which is like it's a month before free agency. That kind of tampering happens all all the time in the NFL. I I didn't think too much of it, but to learn that it, it happened as early as August that year is is certainly fascinating. And to me, yeah, the fact that they were able to conclusively prove this and say there were numerous and detailed conversations between Brady and Bruce Beal means they got someone's cell phone. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it was uh, Bruce Beal's cell phone. He's a, a limited partner of the dolphins. Um, he's a real estate guy. He's a, I think has strong Boston ties. Yeah. Friend of Brady has been on the bros trip to the Kentucky Derby. Um, so, you know, I'm sure maybe they were just talking a lot, but uh, about, you know, what have you, not necessarily the Dolphins, but th they either got someone's cell phone or Stephen Ross spilled everything because supposedly Brady and Bruce Beal were talking throughout the season and then Beal would relay the contents back to Ross and maybe Ross decide, maybe, you know, I tend to think Ross and the Dolphins got off easy that 
the NFL let them slide on all this tanking stuff. So maybe part of it was, no, you got to come clean. You got to tell us all this stuff about the tampering. And so I'm sure there was plenty of tit for tat going on there. But um, back to what I just said, it, it, it is kind of shocking that they not shocking. I mean, the the, the uh, tanking a- allegations would have opened up a whole can of worms that I don't think the NFL wanted to deal with, uh, certainly legal liability wise and, and lawsuits. But so, you know, Ross and the Dolphins are lucky that they got off scot-free and maybe not lucky. You know, Goodell, I think, is protecting them because they don't want to go down that that um that wormhole and instead they kind of are making it seem like they hammered uh Stephen Ross for the the tampering allegations and really I think the tanking was much more serious no I agree and I, I like you said whenever the NFL comes down on an owner and there's discipline with ownership you have to wonder what kind of quid pro quo was here that that, that is a good point when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Switching gears here, you also wrote about the Deshaun Watson six-game suspension this week. I'm curious from a media perspective always, obviously when this gets announced, six-game suspension, there's all sorts of outrage, criticism, columns, tweets, etc. But I'm curious at this point in 2022, Ray Rice was almost 10 years ago. Does this kind of stuff have any impact on the NFL besides fleeting outrage? Uh, if they if they really botched this, then I, I do think, that it has an impact on the NFL. I mean, Roger Goodell, I, I think was close to losing his job in the wake of the Ray Rice situation. And that's why they came up with the personal conduct policy and they tried to standardize um, their punishments here with this and their processes. Um, so look, I, I, look, I think if they, if they leave this alone, cause so Roger Goodell and the NFL, they have three days since Monday. So coming up tomorrow, Thursday, they have three days to appeal the decision. And then Roger Goodell, here's the appeal and they're allowed to increase the punishment. So even though judge Robinson comes down with six games, it's still, the ball is very much in the NFL's court and they can do whatever they want. So to me, this is an easy layup for Goodell and and the NFL, as far as PR doing the right thing, just appeal it, increase the punishment. I don't know if it's going to be a year, maybe 10 or 12 games, but I don't see many people being very satisfied with the six-game suspension that Watson got, and it seemed kind of a random way that that Robinson even landed on that number. So to me, it's an easy PR win for them to increase the punishment, and it's they'd, they'd get crushed, I think, if they just leave it alone because I, I think already you're seeing – national women's groups and, and things of that nature already speaking out and saying the NFL's punishment is toothless. And the NFL can say, well, it's a independent arbitrator. This wasn't our decision, but if they let it lie and if they let it be, then it is their decision. So to me, they will get crushed. They will have, I think, very bad publicity. Will it affect ticket sales or TV contracts? I'm not sure, but public opinion does matter to them. Roger Goodell, his legacy does matter to him. He doesn't want to be known as the guy, you know, sweeping domestic violence and sexual assault under the rug. So there, there will be a lot of outrage, I think, if they don't increase this punishment. And so it, to me, that's an easy layup for Goodell. Appeal it, double it, you know, make it a 12-game suspension, and I think that'll get a lot of people off his case. Yeah, and I think we saw from the whole kneeling stuff a few years ago, the NFL does value public perception, does value that intangible aspect, certainly. 
My last one for you, Ben, going back to the Patriots real quick. Some guys who have actually played professional football, Robert Griffin III, I saw Dominique Foxworth said it this week as well, are claiming that the Patriots not having an official OC is actually an advantage to them. I've only played flag football in my life, so maybe I'm not privy to this, but where are those guys getting this stuff? Out of their ass or out of Foxborough? What do you think? Which one <laughs> Uh, you'll have you'll have to ask them where exactly it's coming from. Um, uh, it, it matters internally that the Patriots, the players, the coaches, that everyone knows the chain of command. So it doesn't necessarily matter that we don't know who the offensive coordinator is, but it matters internally. You want to have uh, accountability and know where things are coming from. So it looks like it's going to be Matt Patricia. Honestly, Bill Belichick is very much in charge. Uh, I, I've heard a lot of stories the last couple of weeks about even even like during the Charlie Weiss days, Belichick would be like like during the games, hey Charlie, they're doing X Y Z on defense, so you need to call ABC. Like he's basically all, always been telling the offensive coordinators generally um, what to run. I, I'm coming around on the idea of having so with Patricia and Belichick, two kind of defensive coaches. I like that in Mac Jones's ear, you know, the, that you have a defensive coach in Mac Jones's headset telling him, hey, watch out for the safety doing this. So I am coming around on it, but uh, no, 31 other teams named their offensive coordinator. It doesn't seem to be a competitive disadvantage. So I wouldn't say it's an advantage that the Patriots are not doing it, but it doesn't necessarily have to hurt them either. Ben, great to see you, man. Thanks for coming on. All right, Alex. Always a pleasure, man. Thank you.